Okay, so this morning we're going to beginning, be beginning our series that I entitled Camouflage. And uh, up until right now, I was trying to hear how I was going to deliver this. And thank God, I got my... Ah, can't describe it with words. <laughs> so I want to start off talking about a word... Uh, that's a good old church word. You sure you don't need to, some you know, something to sit down on? I'm sit the whole time? Yeah, you're going to hang out. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, bring one of them up here. Yeah. Uh, good old church word that we... Uh, let me get this sheet. It's <laughs> a doggone bed sheet. Sorry. Good old church word that we have come to know uh, that is called... Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Called rebuke. Anybody ever heard that, that, that term used in church? Thank you, Russ. Yeah, come on, because you're going to have to read. Right? Good old church word called rebuke. There's, how many of you have learned words in church that you have never heard anywhere before? Right? I, I learned words in church, I never, but, but some of the words that I heard in church, I've, I've heard them used in another way. Just not, I mean, another word for that word. But it seems like when you come to church, you have to have these words. And the other ones are wrong. All right. So this, there's one word called rebuke. Right. And so rebuke is a very serious, administrative, authoritative word that is used in church. And, and I didn't know that we had, uh, you know, rebuke at my house when I was growing up. Right. I didn't know that we had rebuke. So when I came to church, I'm like, well, rebuke. It's a very serious word here. And, and so then when I look up rebuke. I said, huh, wow, sounds a lot like something that happened at the house. (laughs) So rebuke means, right in the Greek, chastisement, refutation, proof, to reprove, argument, uh, impeachment. We all know about that word right now, (laughs) right? Word going on, right? (laughs) Impeachment, uh, reproof, chiding, correction, rebuke. Right? So all of these words, all these, this concept of rebuke, we've heard it before, right? And a lot of times when we come to church, especially here, we want, uh, or we, you know, you, when you come here, you expect for, you know, to get, uh, the exhort, exhorted word, right? That's another good church word, exhort, right? <laughs> That's another one. And so you have to, you have to make sure to get your, I maybe we should just make a vocabulary dictionary for church word, Christianese words, right? Exhort, you come here to expect to be exhorted, right? To be lifted up, to be told something that makes you feel uh, good, right? And that's the way we roll. But sometimes, and, and this series was inspired uh, by Brother Russell the other day on a Wednesday night. It, uh, he, he, he gave a good word, and it was a rebuke word, right? And it was a, a correction word. And so um, we had a good discussion about it. We have some great discussions on Wednesday night. Yes, we great discussion, great quick time, great discussion. And so I began to look at that, and uh, and I thought, well, you know, let's well, let's read the scripture on it. Let's go to uh, Titus chapter one, verse nine through fourteen. Titus one nine through fourteen. Titus 1, 9 through 14. 
I'm gonna bring my tablet off. Yeah, you want it right there? It's right there. Where? Right here, Mama. Holding fast. Mhm. Okay. All right. Holding fast the faithful word, as he has been taught, that he might be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Sometimes we. Oh, that's you. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers especially those of circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, um, Cretans. Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy glutens. The testimony is true, therefore rebuke them sharply. So that they may be sound in faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and uh, commandments of men who turn from the truth. Thank you. Okay, so it says sometimes, again, there is the exhorting, but then there has to be the rebuke. And it says the purpose of the rebuke is so the person can be sound in faith, not heeding Jewish fables or not just running off with stuff that is not that's contrary to the word of God, right? So sometimes we're going to be, you know, it's going to be nice. We're going to get the exhortation. And then sometimes we're going to get the rebuke, right? That word we just learned what it means up here a second ago. So this series is called Camouflage, right? And we're going to cover four areas so far. It may spread or it may uh, go past that, but we're going to we're going to cover a camouflage Christian lifestyle, we're going to cover camouflage sin. We're going to cover camouflage motives. And we're going to also cover good camouflage. Right? So we're going to cover camouflage lifestyle, camouflage sin, camouflage motives, and good camouflage. All right? So this concept of camouflage is not a new one. Right? It's not a new one. Uh, we find uh, the first... Uh, picture of camouflage in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 right so uh, the Bible says of Adam and Eve right here in uh, Genesis 3 6 it says that the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was good was beautiful so the tree was beautiful and this fruit looked delicious and she wanted uh, wisdom uh, wanted the wisdom it could give her so she took some of the fruit and ate it and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. At the moment, at that moment, her eyes were open, and suddenly she felt, uh, she felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So here's a moment of sin where they felt like they was gonna cover it up. They was gonna camouflage the situation with these fig leaves to try to cover up their sin. So this concept of camouflage, of hiding, and I think that's what we talked about, uh, last week, and I think, yeah, the man uh, gave us the great word about camouflage. Uh, it's basically hiding, right? Camouflage helps you to hide. So they wanted to try to hide. The Bible says the voice of God came walking uh, in the cool of the day 
and, and they, they felt the shame when God called out to them. And so they said, we're going to put these fig leaves together. But how many of you know, and this is what you got to get out of this series is, is that you can't, you can't put fig leaves together or clothes and cover up sin. You can't cover up sin with natural things. The only thing that can cover sin is the blood of Jesus. Right? So they, so they, they tried to use some leaves when blood was required. Right? You can't do that. So in our case, again, this is not going to be what we look at right now is not for the purpose of condemnation, for the purpose of conviction. If you find yourself looking in the mirror at some of the things that we, we say through this series, then I want you to, for the purpose of you making a change. Yeah, I mean. Um, let's turn now to Matthew 25, 26, verse 15. Matthew 26, 15. Talking about this topic of camouflage, right? You don't want to spend the next 10 years of your life hiding in the foxhole, right? You don't want, foxhole is good when you're fighting, but a foxhole is not the place for you to go and hide during wartime. You're just in the foxhole, hidden down in there, hiding from everything, uh, 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 pretending that you're about something that you're not. We want to bring you out of the foxhole. We want you to walk amongst the Christians and live like a Christian. Right? And I believe our, this series was inspired because I believe that there are, and I'm recording this not just for us here, and it may apply to some of us here, but for anybody that will listen to it, there are several people in the body of Christ we've encountered, I'm sure you've encountered, camouflaged Christians. Meaning they look like everybody else. They got on the same outfit that everybody else do. Right? They got on the same soldier uniform on the outside. Their speech is that of a Christian. They know when to kneel. They know when to lift up hands. They know the worship songs. But on the inside, right, that's what a compromise is. And so uh, understand something that we, the Bible, God said this. God said, rend your hearts, not your garments. So oftentimes in the Bible, when they would get the, when something would go wrong, they would kneel get, uh, kneel on the ground. They put ashes on themselves and rip their clothes. God said, "Man, stop ripping your clothes and get your heart right." Come on now, right? So it's not about the outward. The Bible says, "Where man looks on the outside, God looks at your heart." Right? right? And so, uh, oftentimes there's a lot of cases. There's a lot of cases in which uh, folks are camouflaged. When we get up here and we start making a confession and we say, uh, all of my needs are met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, right? So we start making that confession. Uh, when Paul made that statement to the Philippians, he was making it in response to them of his, their support to his ministry. They were givers, right? So he says, you qualify for this because you take care of your business as far as God is concerned. So now you can say all of my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, you know, we, we will say things, we will quote scripture, and then when things don't go the way that we want them to go, oftentimes we find out that there is some compromise, there is some camouflage in your life, right? You're saying these things outwardly, but in, on the in, interior is not what, you say, well, this person is getting this, that person is getting this, well, listen, you're, you're, maybe you're an echo, Cause, cause par- parakeets don't talk really; they just mimic. Right? Human beings, we 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 speak. We can come up with some stuff, but humans can also act like parakeets. We can echo what somebody else says. 
And we found uh, in the Bible there was a case, the Bible talks about the uh, seven sons of Sceva who came across this uh, demon-possessed guy. And the seven sons of Sceva, they said, we cast you out in the name of Paul's God. And he said, uh, and, and, and the demon said, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, but who are you? And the Bible says that the demon fell on them and beat them, their clothes off of them. So, so, so basically what it was on the outside, they were wearing the uniform. But on the inside, there was no power. On the outside, they were wearing a uniform. And so we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be amongst the Christians, but not doing what the Christians are supposed to do. Right? Because you're going to find yourself getting beat down all the time. People are going to be coming up giving testimonies. Oh, God is so good. He did this and this and this for me. And you be talking about, where's my testimony? Let me tell you what your testimony is. It's hiding. Just like you. The testimony is here, just like you. You're pretending, but you're not doing the work. Somebody come up and they and they're putting their their confession to work. They're putting they're having spending time praying. They're trying to live a Christian life, but you're not doing that. It's not going to be the same for you. I heard somebody say this one time, uh, uh, a couple of different versions of it. You standing in a garage does no more make you a car than you standing in the line at McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. Now you can get a Big Mac at McDonald's, your cars go in garages, but that don't make you a car because you're standing in the garage. Now understand something. Everybody has to get it together. Understand what I'm saying we all have to get it together, so you don't want to come to church after you got it together. You need to come to church when you're a mess. But at some point, you need to get it together. So you can't be in here front like you one of us and being a hellraiser at the house. You can't. It don't work like that. It's not how you get blessed. You got to listen. You got to live it. Don't don't just pop the words off. You got to live it. That's how you get blessed. The, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, I think it's the New Living Translation, it says that things always go well for us when we obey God. Yeah, yeah. It always goes well for us when we obey God. So let's look at this, this scripture here. Go to our next scripture. And we're working through, we got to get warmed up in the series. Every time I preach something the first time, i got to get warmed up because I'm feeling my way through it. Where am I going? Matthew twenty six fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to read it? If you want to. Twenty six fifteen and sixteen. And said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they, uh, can. What is that? Hold on. Let's do this here. <laughs> you can never bring my phone. Shall be. I can get it for you. Right here? Right here? 26, 15, 16. Right there. It says it at the bottom on this thing right here. I can't see this one. I'm sorry. Okay, so you started at 14. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest and asked, How much will you pay me 
Oh, this is the NLT, guys. New Living Translation. How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Right. Let's go. Let's look at John 12, 6. John 12, 6. And so that's two, two. Well, ain't nobody got Bibles in here. Y'all got phones. Just punch it up. <laughs> but Judas, Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, The perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the Oh, that's here. No, that's, that's it. Keep going. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples, money, he often stole some for himself. Read that one again. Okay. But Jesus, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, The perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold, and the money should have been given to the poor. Go ahead, not that he cared for the poor? Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So when we look at Judas, he was one of the twelve. Can we call him walk at least walking in camouflage Christianity? This at least walking. He snuck over. Now this is Jesus. It's one thing to betray one of your brothers in the Lord. Someone, this brother betrayed Jesus. This brother's overcutting deals with the Pharisees like he like he's trying to work out an NFL contract. How much how much can I get to offer him up? Now we talking your numbers are here, we need to be here. Probably had his agent over there with him. You're here, we need to be here. Mr. Judas is a is is shown and proven over a period of time that he's consistent at betrayal. Right? And and he's gonna come in here and do you the best job. There's nobody in the whole community as good as betrayal as Judas. And so we need your numbers are here, we need to get them we need to get more here. We can now we we may be able to work with this. But we need to come up from there, okay? So so it says that he went and cut a deal to betray Jesus, and then it says that uh, you know Judas was the dude that carried around the money. He was the treasurer. And so he got mad when the woman came and dumped the perfume on Jesus. It says not because he cared about poor poor folks. He kept the money in the bag and often he dipped in it for himself. I say that's camouflage Christianity right there. Everybody's giving him credit for being one of them. But his behavior says you're not one of us. Let's keep going. We're just getting warmed up here. Take a while to work through it. We're going to get that up. We'll go right here. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. Let's see it right there. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, uh, what is that? Tre- treacherous. treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness 
but denying its power. Hold on a second. Ain't it, though? I need to start moving you to the front because you say amen and cooperate better than everybody in here. (laughs) Appreciate it. She said, that's a mouthful. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That sounds like camouflage. Now, Pastor, you come up with this name for this message on River Street out in Cleveland, but this same thing, I didn't come up with this. It's in the book. This this been going on, camouflage Christianity. Keep going. Okay, so it says, um, having the form of godliness but denying the power thereof, have nothing to do with such people. Watch this. They are the kind who warm worm worm a little worm worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, freak action. Keep going. Um, just then... Janet, just as Janice and Jan Breeze. Mm-hmm, them people. Opposed Moses. So also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. said a couple of things here. Having a form of godliness, but denying his power. They talked about this. These are the kind that worm their way into the homes of gullible. The King James says it better says silly women. I am. Keep tell me more. <laughs> Gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. This is a church pimp they describe it. Sister, you sure look good this morning. Like how you wear that dress, but you always look good though. Did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. Did I say that? You know, I'm. But I do see you, I'm always often at the door greeting and saying hi to everyone. I notice you above everybody. Did I say that? <laughs> Didn't mean to say that. <laughs> You're so sweet. You're so sweet. This is camouflage Christianity. It's just, church pimping is real. It is. Because what happens is, oftentimes in church we will respect people that we wouldn't normally respect in other environments. And then you have people that pray on the respect that God has, God gives you the honor and you pray on the people who honor you from the, the honor that God gave to you. There were some guys, Eli's sons, not this Eli. <laughs> the Eli the priest had two sons and he, and they, they, the Bible says that they slept with the women that came in, inside the temple. Hey girl, how you doing? Yeah, we're going to be at the party tonight. But the Bible says that they went off the war and, and God let them all die in one day. Because they wouldn't get right. Camouflage Christianity. Listen, we shout hallelujah. We go out, listen, we go out to eat. Right, we go out to eat and we laugh, we tell jokes, we have fun. But let me tell you something, we, we, we ain't hiding stuff. 
It's okay to have fun, but listen, you ain't done the homework. Listen, you need to go back and, and, and get your books. If you're not going to live the lifestyle just because somebody in church talking about how good God is and he blessed us and all this kind of stuff. Listen, you can't act bad and talk about how much God bless you. Camouflage Christianity. Hiding stuff. But the last part says there's going to come a time where what you think you're hiding, you're going to get busted. It's going to become evident to everyone that you are a camo Christian. On the wrong side of it. Camouflage Christianity. It's quiet in here. It's quiet. Let's get some amen. I'm just trying to help you. Amen. Amen. I'm not mad at nobody. Just trying to help you. There has to be a reality. I'm telling you, man. Listen, when I first got saved, I first started going to church. Yeah, I went to church. I I, I didn't go to church because I wanted to go. She made me go. (laughs) Because I wanted to get back in the house. Me and her were separated. She said, you can't come home unless you go to church. Cool. A lot of people in church, camo Christians. I don't got no problem with that. I'll be another one. That was That's why I felt. I didn't know that the Holy Ghost was going to get me when I went to church. That was not in the plan. I was just going to go to church, whatever, whatever. And he touched me. You guys should be paying attention. I went to church, went down that day. One of the moments I'm disgusted with my life, I can't keep going like this. And he touched me. And it changed my life. But I knew that I knew a lot of people who went to church who wasn't right. So I'm like, shoot, church, that's what this what to do. Just go. Just go. And I'm gonna tell you something. If you may hear be here right now and you, you say, Man, I, I I got a lot of camo in the closet. You may be here right now, but I want you to understand something. Jesus can touch you. You get all that camo cleared out the closet. He can touch you. And he will touch you. If you open up your heart. Let's keep going. I'm talking about this is how you get blessed. When you can turn and face God and, and not be feeling guilty about stuff. You Listen, your faith don't work when you feel guilty. You feeling guilty and no, hey look I don't live right, I'm not doing it. Your faith ain't going to function because you condemn it yourself. It ain't God. You condemning you. But you have to get it out. Now, you're not going to never be perfect. I'm talking about a lifestyle that you're cool with being a fraud. You just give yourself over to the sin that you should be battling against. We're not going to give in to sin. We're going to fight against it. We're going to have other people pray with us. That real change can happen for us. And one of the ways it happens is that you come to church. You don't miss opportunities. Right? Everybody's tired. We get in, we come in here Wednesday night, man. Everybody's tired. Got off work. People had to drive a long way, rush off a job, do all kind of stuff. Man, we get in here and we always leave out of here blessed. Amen. You know, uh, Pastor Lori and I have been married, what, 27, 28 years? We'll figure it out one day, won't we? 27, 28 years? And been serving God for most of that, but we right here front and center marriage class. We haven't missed the one. Yeah. Haven't missed the one. Because we understand the Bible says that the wise will grow in wisdom. 
You don't know it all. It's this constant workout. It's just like you're trying to get muscles. You're like, well, you, you know, you get enough, you work out for two years or whatever, go in the mirror and say, oh, got my muscles. Stop working out and see what happens. <laughs> Had the muscles. Out of shape now. Let's look at Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. I'm going to help you. Uh, Joshua chapter 9. We're going to read that in the message version. Joshua 9. Camouflage Christianity. Pretending to be something that you're not really giving your best effort to be. Joshua 9. Uh, message version. Right. And start reading and just keep riding. Okay. It says this, it says, All the kings west of the Jordan, in the hills and the foothills, and along the Mediterranean seacoast, north towards Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezrites, the Hivites, the Girgashites, yeah, shoot your best shot at it. the Jebusites, got the news. They came together in the coalition to fight against Joshua and Israel under a single command. The people of Gideon heard that Joshua had heard what Joshua had done at, to Jericho and Ai, and cooked up a ruse. They posed as travelers. Stop, stop, stop right there. Okay. Okay. I want y'all to remember that word ruse. Everybody say ruse. Okay. We're gonna come back to that. Keep going. They posed as travelers. Their donkeys loaded with patched sacks and mended wineskins. Threadbare sandals on their feet, tattered clothes on their bodies, nothing but dust crusted, nothing but dry crusts and crumbs for food. They came to Joshua at Gilgal and spoke to the men of Israel. We've come from a far off country. Make a covenant with us. The men of Israel said to these Hivites, How do we know you are local people? Or you aren't local people? How could we then make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, "Be uh, well, be will be your servants." Uh, that's verse eight. Uh, Joshua said, "Who are you now? Where did you come from?" Verse nine. They said, "From far off country, very far away." <laughs> that's funny to me, y'all. They just they just squirreling the whole question. Uh, your servants came because we heard such great things about God, your God, all those things he did in Egypt, and the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, King uh, Shion of Hishbon and King Og of Bashan, Bashan who ruled in Ashtaroth. Our leaders and everybody else in our country told us, pack up some food for the road and go meet them. Tell them we're your servants. Make a covenant with us. This bread was warm from the oven when we packed it and left to come to see you. Now look at it, crust and crumbs. And our crack, cracked and mended wineskins, good as new when we filled them. And our clothes and sandals in tatters from the long, hard traveling. The men of Israel looked them over and accepted the evidence. But they didn't ask God about it. 
So Joshua made peace with them and formalized it with a covenant to guarantee their lives. The leaders of the congregation swore to it. And then, three days after making this covenant, they learned that they were next-door neighbors who had been living there all along. The people of Israel broke camp and set out. Three days later, they reached their own towns, Gibeon, Kepharoth, uh, Beeroth, and Kirarath, Jerem. But the people of Israel didn't attack them. The leaders of the congregation had given their word before God of Israel. But the congregation was up in arms over their leaders. Okay, you can stop right there. So eventually what happened was they, they, they rebuked them for lying to them. And they told them, yeah, you're going to be our servants. We're not going to hurt you because we made a, we told God we weren't going to do it. Made a covenant with y'all and we, we told God we weren't going to do that. Told you we'd make this covenant so we're not going to hurt you. Camouflage. These dudes went over there and got some moldy bread, worn out clothes, and yeah, Halloween costume, good deal. And walked from next door over there and said, we come a long way, we're scared of y'all, we don't want to fight with y'all, we need, we want to be, we want to be a part of y'all. But it wasn't, it wasn't true, it wasn't real. Right. There was, there was, it was more camouflage. I'm trying to establish a point that this is not new. People hiding things and, and, and trickery. Now I want to look up this word, I want to talk about this word ruse. Another good word. Ruse. Alright. The definition of the word ruse is a trick, stratagem, maneuver, Artifice, which uh, we get the word artificial from. While, remember the scripture in the Bible where it says that, uh, that we're not, uh, that put on the whole armor of God, uh, talking about the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, which will quench all the fiery darts of the devil, of the wicked one. They talk about we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. That word while is used in one of those scriptures. And indirect means gain, a trick, uh, may imply deception, roguishness, Illusion and either evil or harmless end, tricks of the trade, rules, stresses, attempt to mislead by false impression. The rules of, of strugglers, stratagem implies a rules used to entrap, outwit, circumvent. Circumvent is a good word. Let's stop at circumvent. Circumvent means to go around the situation. When you live in your life as a camouflage Christian, you're trying to go around God, the word of God, and, obe- and, and obeying God and acting like the uh, proper way as a Christian is supposed to act. Camouflage Christianity tries to circumvent. You Listen, you and, and to a certain extent in your heart, you feel like you uh, you get to a point where you feel like you don't have to do it right. You can just, I'm just going to always go around it. Sometimes in church, people have camouflage motives. I come across camouflage motives all the time. Yeah. That if people don't want to be straight with me, they camouflage their words. They go around, they beat around the bush and then come and try to tell me something so that I can side with them. In other words, I might not side with it. So they take me all the way the long way around and then bring me back to what they want me. They think I don't know what they're doing, but I always know what they're doing. Just, just shoot us, just don't take me around the block. I'm already tired. 
camouflage, this concept of, concept of camouflage Christianity is not new. Another word for camouflage could be sneaky. But I want you to understand again, you're not going to get blessed trying to circumvent or go around doing what's right. That's not how you get blessed, by trying to go around. Well, I'm going to make up for it like this. People try to circumvent God's commandment to tithe, right? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come down and volunteer my time. The Bible says that you reap what you sow. So you get to a point where, hey, look, I'm not going to pay the tithes. I'm not going to give money. I'm just going to give my time. And you probably wind up getting more time back when you lose your job. Then you have all the time on your hands that you need. Because you remember you was tired when you wanted to get the job. God bless me with a job. Oh shoot, I got it. I got these bills now, oh God, from this job. I'm living the life of Riley. I got these bills. I can't really bring that. But I get my time. Can't plant peas and grow corn. Hit you in the throat, it might hurt you, but that's the real truth. And like I say, I don't go around looking at what the folks give us. When I talk about that, I don't know who, I don't know who the camouflage Christians is when it comes to giving. I don't know. But obviously, looking at the bank account, some of us are camouflage Christians when it comes to giving. I can just surmise that. You can't circumvent. You can't be going around. You gotta do it right. Christianity is very simple. It's a very simple thing. Do what God say do. In fact, Jesus said this. Jesus said, "You're my." You, people say, "Well, if I ask a lot of people what a friend is, they will say a friend is somebody who has unconditional love for me. They unconditional love." Jesus said, "His love is conditional." Well, not his love, his friendship, his friendship is this. He said, "You're my friends if you do what I, if you obey what I tell you to do." That's, that's scripture. You might, none of you my friends if you do what I ask you to do. Well, that's selfish is Jesus. No, that is the most love Jesus can give you because he understands that if you do what he tells you to do, you're going to be blessed. There's no selfishness in that. If you do, because he, cause he's always trying to lead you the right way. We're not trying to circumvent. Get to a point, build yourself a habit the way you do what God say do. And stop trying to go around everything all the time. Well, I'm going to hang out with these people, right? I'm going to hang out with these people. They're not that bad. God also, God wants us to be evangelists and minister to people. Well, are you doing ministry with them folks? Or are they doing most of the ministry to you? Come on now. Because I've seen the pictures on the Facebook. Hey, bartender. Hey, Facebook mess up for everybody. Now, I do look at Facebook sometimes. When I look at your giving, but I see Facebook. Hey, we over here. Don't, don't be stupid. If you know you got a situation, don't be all on Facebook to my, hey, shut that down. Shut that down. Don't, don't, don't listen, do, make a habit of doing what God asked you to do. It's a simple thing. If, if you have a hard time not doing this, that, or the other thing, get somebody to say, help me be accountable. I'm trying, I have a problem in this area. And I need somebody to help me to, to, to stop doing this and start to do this. 
But as long as you keep trying to go around it, you keep trying to hide it, it's going to be a problem. The Bible said of Achan, it says that they went to, uh, Jericho, went into Jericho and the Lord said this. He said, listen, he said, everything y'all get off this first trip. He said, don't, don't, don't nobody take none of the spoils off this trip. But Achan want to circumvent. See, the rules is good enough for some folks, Lenny, but Achan was special. The rules don't, don't, don't apply to him. So he going to go around. I'm going to go around. And the Bible says that he took of the things, the Bible said they called them accursed things. That means, listen, when God say don't touch it, even if it's good, it could be medicine. If God say leave it alone, leave it alone, it's a curse. Not because it's a bad thing, but because God has spoken, leave it alone. Thus says God's word. So the Bible says that Achan went and he said he saw these goodly Babylonian garments. And some gold and some silver. And the Bible says that he took it, and what did it say that he did with it? He hid it where though? I ain't heard. I ain't heard what I'm looking for. It's one key part with camouflage. Hide it Who said that? What did he say he did? He hid it amongst his own stuff. He mixed it in. Camouflage. So I'm going to mix it in with my stuff. That way, no one got to know they just going to think it's mine. I'm going to go around. I'm going to play tricks. I'm going to circumvent. I'm going to do a ruse. I'm going to trick everybody. And nobody ain't going to know. And then all of a sudden, they lose the next battle. Oh, the whole community is in an uproar. We just, now there's a search warrant out for whoever messed up and took the stuff. Bring them on out here, family by family, people by people. Like you say, yeah, Russell gave a great example. He's at his house, and they're bringing people out, questioning them, talking about stoning folks and killing folks. He over there, I bet he was trying to figure out some kind of way he could dig it up and get rid of the evidence and do something again. And uh, then finally they got to him, and the Lord revealed it was him. <laughs> I'm busted. You was busted when you did it, you just didn't know it. It's busted when you did it. Because even though the thing about camouflage, right, we, the people may not be able to see you, but God don't miss nothing. He don't miss nothing. The people may not be able to see you, but God doesn't miss anything. You think you're hiding it from God. He thought he had got away with it. And that's the way it is. When you run around and everybody, everybody thinks that you're doing your thing. Everybody thinks that you're walking uprightly with God. That you're at home reading your Bible. That you're studying. You're being a good Christian. You're trying to walk. Trying. You're giving an effort. But everybody thinks that you are. And you're at the house and you are not trying. In fact, you are doing the opposite. At some point, it's going to come out. We can't live our life camouflage Christians. It's going to come out. At some point, people are going to know. They're going to find out. Because it just don't work. Now, if you, again, if you're new, and you got to make your way, you gotta, you got, it's going to take some effort, you're going to find out. But at some point, you can't be a Christian, and living like a Christian, putting yourself out there to be a Christian, and letting everybody think you are, and you're not living godly. There was a brother 
And I'm going to finish today with this. There was a brother that, uh, I think it's in the book of Corinthians, and Paul writes a letter to him, and I'm going to revisit this again in a little bit. But he, he talks about, he says, I hear, you know, things that you guys got going on, just some detestable things y'all got going on. He said, he said, I hear one who sleeps with his father's wife. Now, I don't think it was his mama, maybe it was his stepmother, hopefully. And he said, let us deliver this one's soul unto flesh unto Satan, that his soul might be saved. I mean, kick him out the fellowship. Brother don't want to don't get himself together, put the brother out the fellowship, and, and with the hopes that him being excommunicated would change his heart. He didn't say we're not going to worry about his soul. He said that his flesh, we're going to deal with his flesh so his soul can get right. We, the Bible says this, let a man examine himself. We judge ourselves then we don't have need to be judged by nobody else. We're not talking about perfection as Christians, we're talking about effort. That's all we're talking about is effort. Ain't nobody, I'm not perfect. I couldn't, I couldn't come at you like this because I'm not perfect. But as far as effort, everybody can give effort. I'm talking about not giving effort. I'm talking about becoming comfortable and not giving effort and then you want to celebrate and what everybody else is celebrating in and you know you're not doing the right thing. You know you're not living right. Because it may be easy to hide it from us. How long, how long are we together? Maybe an hour or two? In a week? And then you ain't really talking to us that much. We're together for just a little while, but then, and so it's easy for you to put it over on us. But sooner or later, that phone call gonna come. You say, you've been doing what? How long that's been going on? Oh, I done got a whole bunch of them phone calls. Huh? What? You serious? No, I can't say that on the phone because I, I can't believe my mind. Really? It's going to come out. It's going to come out. And you know how I respond when I when them get the phone call? Listen, what's going on? Okay. All right, let's pray. Man, you can't be doing that. You, 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 you know better than that. You know you can't be doing that. Not gonna get blessed like that, but we're gonna we're gonna walk with you through it. Because I'm I'm telling you, I'm faithful to everybody in the church. If you're gonna try, I'm gonna be faithful to you. I'm gonna help you. But sometimes I run into folks that don't want to try. They just like the con is on, and I'm good with it. And you can't help people like that. I want you to stand on your feet with me right now. <laughs>